Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Missions with Moises podcast. I am your host, Moises Davidson. We're Richmond Chi Alpha, and today I'm interviewing a good friend of mine. She's a very talented woman. She's very creative. She is also a videographer, and her name is Samantha Ratliff. Hi! <laughs> so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Moises. Of course. If you all don't know, Sam has been a small group leader, and overall, she just has a passion for the multimedia world. And today, her and I are going to have a little conversation about how, as Christians, we should interact with the media world in terms of social media and other platforms and also entertainment genres. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, really big thing, and it's becoming um, really big in every church. Everybody's trying to get into production, so I think this is definitely a conversation worth having. Right, especially with the COVID pandemic. You know, I've never seen as many churches have yeah. Facebook live stream as an option until the pandemic began. But it's a good thing because, honestly, when churches were closed in person, Facebook was a lifesaver for a lot of churches. For sure. And though, Sam, you're a senior, you're graduating from BCU in May, your major is creative advertising. Yes. I know that you love the 70s. You have a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. You have an Instagram account. TikTok, uh, too. TikTok, right? yep. So you have a whole multimedia portfolio. I do. And you're very gifted. So I wanted to ask, where did your passion for multimedia begin? Yeah, so I've always grown up a very a very creative person. Um, I remember, you know, I, I was a gymnast for a long time. And then uh, when I got to eighth grade, I transitioned into dance. Um, and I was really, really passionate about like ballet and everything, and I wanted to kind of showcase that. So I created a uh, a YouTube channel, and it's super goofy for me to look back on now. But it was it was really, really fun for me just to edit the videos, to shoot the videos, to come up with my own concepts and everything like that. So that's kind of how I got into video in the first place. Um, and then from there, that kind of just sparked my interest, um, you know, and as other platforms got bigger, I kind of jumped on there because I really have a passion for short form content. So that's why I really enjoy uh, Instagram and TikTok now. That's awesome. So you did ballet when you were younger and you use YouTube as a way to basically promote it yeah. and explain it to others. Mm-hmm. You did. That's awesome. And how do you think your personality is reflected in the multimedia world? <laughs> Yes. So I, I'm a very, very energetic person. I don't know if, you know, whoever's listening, like if you're into the Enneagram, but actually we, Sus and I are both threes. Are you a wing four or are you a wing two? I'm actually a wing two. Okay. Okay. I'm a servant. Is that what? Okay. Yeah. 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 When you're a wing two, it means that you like to, you're the helper. The helper. You're a wing, and you're an Enneagram three, that means you're the achiever. The achiever. Yeah. I'm a wing four, which is the individualist. So individualists are very creative people, um, but threes are known to be very like charismatic, outgoing people. So I think um, that's definitely one of the reasons that I feel social media comes so easy to me because that's kind of my personality is to to want to connect with people. And I don't really uh, have any like public speaking fears. I think I'm definitely the minority there, um, but I really enjoy just connecting with people um and everything like that so i guess my my personality is kind of built for social media which i i'm really happy about and you're right like you're very charismatic you're confident you're well thought out and normally social media can be a challenge because sometimes you can be insecure of 
how this photo look or in this video, what are they gonna think about mm-hmm. me? They write the caption properly. <laughs> but with you, you're so self-sufficient in what you do that you have no fear. And because of that, it's also something you do with joy and excitement. Like it's not a chore for you. Yeah. Definitely took me a bit to get there, for sure. I really, really appreciate it. But yeah, definitely when I was first starting out, I was so nervous what everyone was going to think about me and just like everything like that. Um, I, even today in class, somebody walked up to me and they're like, you're on my For You page all of the time. And I was like, you know, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, did they think that it was like corny or like, what did they think? But they're like, it's so cool. So it's really cool to be able to connect with people. But yeah, there always is a little part of you and it's completely normal if you want to do media and you're just like, man, what are people going to think, you know? Um, but nine times out of 10, they're like, this is really, really cool stuff. And they kind of applaud you for getting out there and trying to do something that's really admirable. Right, and it's inspiring too because when people see you being so gun ho with your creative passions, it might encourage them to pursue their passions too that they may sure. be scared to pursue, whether it be sports or music or the cinema. So you mentioned that the girl said you're on her what kind of page? I'm- For you page on TikTok? Oh, yeah, so, so, I don't know if you're on TikTok, but. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. I don't have a TikTok yet. Okay. I've been thinking about it just because I know a lot of the youngsters nowadays on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Very big, yes. That's awesome. And what, well, you kind of touched this already, but what kind of life lessons have you learned throughout your creative work? Mm. Yeah. Um, Let me think. Life lessons. I think what social media has really taught me um, is the power of consistency. Because a lot of people ask me how to grow on social media, and I don't have all of the answers, but I know the biggest thing for me is consistent posting. Um, and that, I mean, that pretty much goes with any aspect of your life. You can't expect to excel in something if you don't consistently go at it. Um, and something, a love-hate thing I have with social media is the numbers aspect, you know? Uh, it's very easy to compare, but it's also really easy to measure. So, you know, if you're looking at your follower count when you're consistently posting versus when you, when, if you post like once every month, you'll definitely see like the reward of posting consistently. Um, so that's been really cool, kind of carrying that discipline into other areas of my life that I want to grow. Um, so, yeah. And you're right. Consistency helps you in many areas, mm-hmm. whether it's exercise, dieting, studying. Yeah. Repetition helps you to grow in a certain area. For sure. And something that I liked that you told me when I asked you about <laughs> multimedia content and really growing your audience, you mentioned, now I might butcher this a little bit, but you mentioned that you're you're strict on the week-to-week goal, but loose on the overall vision. Okay, yeah, yeah, you have it backwards, though. So I'm, I'm strict on the vision, so like I know what, what I know what I'm going for. Yeah. But I'm loose on the day-to-day. Okay. So don't beat yourself up about like missing one small goal you have but stay focused on the long run you know what i'm saying you have to be flexible with this stuff so what's a good example of a good long goal to have yeah so say like say you want to hit a hundred thousand subscribers on youtube um so that's my long-term goal and i'm strict on that goal you know i'm just like i want to hit that number you know um and what that looks like on a day-to-day is like, you know, uploading, um, shooting, editing, whatever that may be. 
and let's say that you break that out into into the week. So on Mondays, you kind of conceptualize. On Wednesdays, you write the script. On Friday, you shoot the video. Saturday, you edit the video. Sunday, you, you upload, whatever it may be, right? And let's say one day, um, on Monday, I don't, I don't actually conceptualize. I get super busy that day and um, I just can't do it. Um, a lot of people and your, your instinct is to just beat yourself up because you're like, hey, I have this goal and I'm missing the mark. You know, and, you know, I, I was supposed to do this and now I'm not going to I'm not going to reach my goal. And that's just not the truth. You know, the truth is, oh, you take a week because you need a mental health break or, hey, you conceptualize on Tuesday instead. But it's important not to not to beat yourself up about that and to be flexible with yourself because that's that's the quality for life, right? Flexibility, um, because yeah, our world <laughs> it's hard and things come up and that's just life. So you have to be able to kind of uh, just ebb and flow with how your life is going. We all have hard seasons, but we all stay focused on the goal, right? Right, um, because. Life is not a straight line. No. Life is a lot of zigzags. It is. Yeah. So I like that. So you're strict on the vision and loose on the day-to-day. Yeah. I like what you said with being flexible. And you remind me of something really, really funny. So the beginning of March, I went with Richard McAlpha and my co-worker Marcus and students to D.C. Uh-huh. And we were in D.C. on our urban mission trip and we were working with a ministry center. And something that the missionary in charge said at the very beginning of the trip it really just got our attention. He said, blessed are the flexible so they will not break. Oh my gosh, yeah. And the reason he said that is because he was casting vision that throughout the week, things may not go as planned. We may not do what A, B, and C do on the schedule. Right. But the goal of ministering to the homeless and in granting us the necessity to minister to the inner city will be accomplished. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good because half the time something that, you know, God has taught me is like, you know what I think that I want? I think I want this one thing, but that's not actually what I actually want. You know what I'm saying? And like he ends up like, you know, leading me on a different path, which is the better path. And what is it's what I actually want that I didn't know that I wanted. You know, he has something so far beyond our mental capacity. So having that flexibility and just lean into what God is, you know, telling you and everything like that is so vital um, in, in any field you're going into. Right, because his ways are in our ways. And he has yeah. our best interests at heart. Yeah. Kind of like how he mentioned to me in high school, you study and work really hard. You really want to go to William Mary or UVA. Yeah. Not VC because you also want to pursue <laughs> law school. Yeah. But you really felt God tell you to go VC and you're obedient to that, even though it kind of hurt your pride a little bit. Oh, for sure. Wow. Yeah. You're a good listener. <laughs> yeah. But then when you got to VCU, which is an art school, you realized you could cultivate your passions deeper here. Yes. And then you also were part of Chi Alpha. Yes. And Kyle Flood changed your life. It did change my life. Um, I did not want to go to VCU. You're so right. It, I considered it my safety school. It was safe to home. I mean, close to home and everything like that. Um, but I remember uh, God was like, no, nope, you're going to VCU, Sam. And I was not happy. I was so, so upset. I cried and cried and cried because I worked so hard to get into those schools. Um, but yeah, you know, if I did end up going to UVA or William & Mary, like I would not have the the art education that I wanted. I would not have the advertising education that I wanted. So God knew, <laughs> God knew, and I did not. <laughs> um, and I know I wouldn't be as happy there as I am here. Right. 
Yeah. And along the same lines of media, God's able to see the big picture. Oh my gosh, yeah. He can see the beginning, middle, and all at the same time. Right. But it does show your willingness to submit and your maturity spiritually, even though it wasn't easy. And God has rewarded that. Yeah, he really has. So do you think social media is good, bad, or neutral? Um, I think it all depends how you use it. Um, and I'll kind of explain. Social media is, it's a fantastic way to connect with people. Um, it's a fantastic way to get a message out. Uh, but the way that you interact and use that, it can be really, really challenging to keep it, to keep it holy and to keep it, you know, good for your mental health. Because that's what, you know, so many creators say is how strenuous it is on your mental health. Um, and so first of all, I think it's really cool, like I said, because you get to connect, you get to meet new people. I'm meeting new people all of the time on social media. I'm traveling and I'm like, I'm going to Philly, who's in Philly? And I hang out with my friends in Philly. I'm going to LA, who's in LA? And I hang out with my LA friends. So it's, it's awesome, um, but it's really, really important to not let um, social media substitute your in-person relationships. And I think that kind of goes into what you're kind of referring to with like churches that are all, you know, that have online services now, which is fantastic. You know, people are able to watch from wherever they are and new people are finding the church. That's amazing. But also what it's done is it's allowed some people to stay at home and not build community. And that's really hard, you know? Um, same with social media. Like if you're just sitting at home all the time, you're making connections, but you're not actually fostering in-person relationships when you could be doing that. I know some people have some special situations where they're not actually able to do that, but I think that's something that if you can do, you should be doing. Um, so I think it's really good in that aspect, but it can also be really detrimental because you're isolating yourself. Um, I also think it can be really hard because social media is so curated that you're able to make whatever image you want of yourself online. <laughs> and it can be really hard um, if you are if you are really obsessed with self-image uh, because you create this false reality that's not actually you. And people people think that's how you are, but you're actually not like that at all. That's some like persona you've, you've made online. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's another thing you kind of have to watch out for, but I mean, I think with like any form of media or entertainment, it can ultimately be good. You just have to use discernment um, with how you're using it. Right. It's a tool, but your heart behind your actions determine yeah. whether it's good or bad. Yeah. I really like what you said with making a false image because that's why what you see on social media is not always a good indication for the full personality of someone. No. And even in college, I graduated as a public relations major in the communication department. So I wrote a paper in college about how social media can actually lead to a lot of depression. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because you see someone get engaged, buy a new car, go to Europe for vacation, and you think their life is so much better than yours. Mm-hmm. But all you see is that one snapshot. You don't yeah. snap, sorry, snapshot. You don't see the before or after. Yeah. But at least to covetness, you know, like, oh, I want what they have. Yes. And, you know, the Bible really warns us about that. Mm-hmm. And I also like that you mentioned how it's allowed for online community, especially when in-person dynamics were difficult because of COVID. But now people have used it almost as a way to refrain from in-person community. Yeah. 
which is not healthy. I know some people, they may have medical limitations, right. which right. is understandable. But if you're able to be in person, I, you said it too, you would recommend it. Because mm-hmm. even as human beings, we're created to be relational beings. In the beginning, in Genesis, the beginning of creation, God created Adam. Right. Then he said, it's not good for man to be alone. He needs a helper. So he right. created Eve. Usually people only see that in a marriage context, but that does relate to all relationships, even mm-hmm. platonic ones. You know, when God told Adam, let's make man in our image, he was speaking about the Holy Trinity. So yeah. he himself is a triune God, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is a relational being himself, which he has passed down to us. Yeah, that's really, really good. So I'm just really always encouraged by that because after COVID first came, it really challenged me never to forsake gathering in person with people. Mm, that's good. So along those same lines, do you think Christians should engage in social media? Yeah, I mean, I think that's really important. Um, and social media can be a really, really dark place. Um, and it's been really sad. I feel like I noticed this the most on TikTok. Um, well, I'm, I, okay, I'll start with TikTok. Um, there's a lot of self-deprecating humor. <laughs> and... Uh, that makes you really sad, you know, uh, because it's people tearing themselves down bit by bit. Um, I see that a lot on TikTok and on Instagram. I see a lot of highlight reel living, kind of how we were referring to, you know, on the beach, in New York, you know, doing whatever. And I've seen how that impacts my mental health and I see how that impacts other people's mental health. Um, so I think there's just a lot of a lot of room for good on social media. So I think I, I would encourage Christians to to work with social media and just bring some love and light and everything like that. Um, I definitely think, I think they need it. Right. <laughs> I, think, I think everybody needs it. I, I get that a lot on social media. People DMing me like, like why, do you, why do you seem so happy all the time? Well, first of all, I'm not happy all the time and I'm very transparent about that. Um, but I'm like, then I get to share, I get to share my faith. So it's really cool. It's really cool how that all works. Right. So you said two things I really want to highlight. You first said how you notice a lot of slander and the mistreatment of others on TikTok and Instagram. (laughs) And the Bible is strong against those things. We're called to encourage one another and build each other up, not slander. Right. And then you also said how it's been an avenue to share your faith. Yeah. And that's really good because that's one way where I think social media is really helpful. Because I think even this week, people have been sharing on Facebook and Instagram all these quotes or posts that relate to easter mm-hmm. and good friday so it could be a source of hope and inspiration for yeah. others it really is it really is but here again it relates back to kind of the heart behind your actions mm-hmm. i think about how people also sometimes vent on facebook <laughs> and in <laughs> yeah. proverbs it actually says a fool vents his emotions mm-hmm. you know or vents his emotions so i think we gotta be careful how to properly kind of navigate how we're feeling because there's a time and a place yeah yeah i mean like you just gotta remember like if it's on social media it stays you know it stays on social media so just kind of having that discernment you're like hey do i need to share this with the world or can i just share this with a close friend (laughs) so sam my next question is what is your favorite type of entertainment genre like a movie style or tv show 
Yeah, so I would definitely say um, I love I love movies. That's like my my end goal. And right now, I feel like what I'm doing on social media is kind of prepare, preparing for that and learning through experience. So doing like mini movies and stuff like that um, to ultimately just like kind of stretch my my creative thinking and everything like that and kind of pinpoint what my style is because I think the way that you figure out your style is by doing. So I'm um, just exploring different creative routes and color palettes and you know editing styles and filming styles um, ultimately to hopefully make a make a feature one day um, and I would love to see it in theaters that'd be amazing I think it's every filmmaker's dream um, but yeah that's 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 the end goal wow so you actually want to make your own movie oh, yeah I would love to yeah do yeah. you have any idea what it'd be about or what it'd be called um, I have a few ideas. Um, I definitely want to do a coming of age. Um, those are probably the most interesting to me. Um, and it's really cool. Like I pull a lot of influence from Wes Anderson. He's my favorite director. Um, and I feel like it's really cool because, you know, he shoots his movies on film and um, he, he's very symmetry and very 70s aesthetic. Just even the color palettes, you know. So I could definitely see myself uh, pulling a lot from that. And I feel like, I mean, that's what, that's what, you know, art is. It's just a compilation of all of your influences into one thing. So, um, yeah, I feel like I definitely want to do like a period, a period film, a period piece, um, like taking place in the 60s or 70s and doing like a coming of age. I think I would love to do that. And I have, I have some ideas right now that, are just kind of incubating in the back of my mind. But that's probably something I want to do a little bit later in life because I want to keep sharpening my skills and working on my, my storytelling and everything like that. Wow, so you're a big fan of classic films. Yeah, I am. So what's your favorite movie from this particular director? Uh, the Life Aquatic. It's a, it's a great film. Um, yeah, it's Bill Murray. I, one of the things that I love about Wes Anderson is how he kind of keeps the same cast for every film. Mm-hmm. It's really like old Hollywood. <laughs> and um, my favorite actor is Bill Murray. So. Um, oh, Bill Murray, yeah. Yeah, I love Bill Murray. <laughs> He's the same actor that was in Space Jam. Yeah, in Ghostbusters and everything like that. Um, but I lo- have you seen any Wes Anderson films? I don't think so. I have all of the films on DVD, so if you ever want to watch one. Oh, well, um, what's another one that's pretty popular? The, the most popular are like Moonrise Kingdom and Royal Tenenbaums and probably Grand Budapest Hotel. Those are probably the... I've heard of Grand Budapest yeah, Hotel. Yeah, it used to be on Netflix, um, but I think those are those are the biggest ones. Oh, wow, you have all of them on DVD. I do. I got them all year. Uh, I got them all for my mom one year. She bought... <laughs> She bought them all for me, which was amazing. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's cool. Well, you might actually really help me grow my taste because I'm the type of guy, when it comes to movies, I don't like ones that are newer or more modern. Yeah. But like me, for instance, you know, I've never seen Indiana Jones. (laughs) I've only seen the very end of Titanic. Yeah. The very end of Titanic, you didn't want to watch the whole three hours, I get that. No, I think I was just channel surfing one day when I was younger and I stumbled upon it and it was just the end. <laughs> it was just the end. <laughs> I mean, let me see. I mean, I've seen RoboCop. Yeah, RoboCop, great film. Yeah. Classics are my favorite. 
Right. So you could really help me grow my own particular taste. I'm a big Marvel fan. I'm definitely into all the superhero movies. I know you don't like superhero movies that much. Yeah, they're they're cool. I can appreciate them, but I don't really like go out of my way to uh, to watch them. Right. Well, similar to why you like Wes Anderson, this is yeah. The reason I like Marvel is because I think some of their character development, like for instance, Iron Man, he has a traditional hero arc. He mm-hmm. starts off being a very spoiled, selfish young man. Then through really pain and isolation, it helps him grow in his maturity. And he changes his own worldview. You know, Thor, he yeah. has a story where he's basically a fish out of water. He's on Earth with no powers, and he's adapting to a whole new society and lifestyle. But Jewel's challenges, he actually deepens his own moral conviction and compassion for others. Mm-hmm. Captain America, in the beginning, he's a very unphysically qualified human, but he's very morally pure. And because of that, his character allows them to be essentially blessed where the kind of inner strength he has is conducive to the external. Yeah. So this might sound kind of like maybe a cliche, but I remember in the first Captain America film, he's given a serum that basically gives him supernatural abilities such as strength and speed. And the scientist that made the serum said, what the serum does, it takes out what's already inside of you. So mm-hmm. there's nothing but bad and evil, then that'll be multiplied. That's why Red Skull became that horrifying figure. But when he took the serum Captain America, he just became a more physically stronger, capable, human, noble character. And that really inspires me, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, magnifying what's already inside of you. Yeah. And I'm the type of guy, I'm really into, like, depth and character development. So when a movie really emphasizes those kind of illustrations... It really touched me also because I feel like some of it, you can even relate it to the gospel a little bit. Mm. You know, this actually relates to my last question is, it might sound kind of broad, but there's a couple genres I really want to highlight. So how do you think we should respond as Christians if someone says, oh, we shouldn't watch Harry Potter because it's the work of the devil? Or Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, they're demonic. Or not the Bachelor, they don't watch that kind of programming. <laughs> How, how should we respond to those statements and what kind of biblical perspective should we have when we may participate in watching some of these programs? Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting. Uh, I know a, a lot of different cultures like around the world kind of perceive like Harry Potter differently and like Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that. I know in most American culture um, where I'm from, like everyone's like pretty cool with like Yu-Gi-Oh and like Harry Potter and everything like that. Um, but I think it ultimately comes down to just like discernment, you know, um, because I definitely think I'm okay with watching all of those things. And I think that's okay. Uh, that's not to say there, I mean, there are a lot of programs, um, you know, that are just coming out today, a lot of films and TV shows that are, you know, kind of pushing the boundaries of what makes me feel comfortable um, and I'll watch, like, the first episode, and I'm like, you know, that doesn't seem very God-honoring to me. And, like, you'll, you'll definitely feel it. You feel it in the pit of your stomach. You're like, I probably should not continue watching. Um, but that's not to say that you can't, you know, go out to the movies and watch mainstream things, because I know some people are just like, no secular films, no secular TV shows, no secular music. And I mean, like, 
if that's you, then do you. But, like, I personally don't think, you know, isolating yourself is the answer. Um, I just think you need to have discernment when you are going into, like, secular media. Because um, not all of it's bad, you know? A lot of it's really fun and really cool and everything like that, you know? And God wants us to enjoy that. But, like, if you're watching something and, um, um, I mean, it's really hard to kind of draw the line. Because... The argument is, like, just because you're watching something doesn't mean that you, like, support that lifestyle. It could be, you know, a lesson to learn or just a story, you know? So it's, like, it is hard because there are so many, you know, competing perspectives. Um, but I think it ultimately just comes down to, your, like, your own discernment. Like, if you need to pray about it, pray about it. Um, but usually for me, what I, I just kind of feel it like the Holy Spirit, like... Sam like you probably shouldn't keep watching this um it's pretty it's usually pretty clear to me but I mean do you have do you have any perspectives on that or what do you think actually I like what you said you mentioned a lot about discernment you know yeah God giving us that ability to really tell it is good for me or bad for me yeah and a lot of our lifestyle as Christian when it comes to entertainment really has to be based off discernment but also conviction right you know and a simple way I like to describe conviction is that it's a moral compass mm-hmm. or maybe an alarm going off when you're too close to the edge of a cliff. Right. You know, it's meant to allow us to stay centered on God. Yeah. Because there are verses like Colossians 3.17 where it talks about the things we do which we've done to honor God. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do think that when it comes to convictions, there's general conviction, but I do think there's specific convictions oh, too. Oh, for sure. For instance, I have friends that they don't drink alcohol because they may have a past with alcoholism, mm-hmm. and that's a conviction for them. And drinking alcohol is not a sin. Getting yeah. drunk is. Yeah. And I do think we also have to be aware of how people may observe us because our mm, religion, good. our faith, is not independent. It's interdependent. So in First Corinthians, Paul says that he won't eat meat offered to an idol if it causes brothers to stumble. Mm-hmm. Because he was saying in itself it's not a bad thing, but these immature believers around me at this church if they see me do this it'll tempt them in negative behavior so i'm going to refrain from it the same thing even with mass mandates and the vaccine there are times where i've worn a mask not because i feel uncomfortable i just want someone around me to feel more comfortable yeah for sure and i do think that that takes maturity to have that kind of perspective yeah definitely so that's how i feel about how our lifestyle should be as christian with what we do for fun, how we hang out, what we drink, what we eat. Mm-hmm. How are we affecting the people around us? Yeah, that's so good. I remember uh, I was talking to a pastor and she was she was talking about um, just her personality. So she's like a very like hyper. I feel like it was like the reason I feel like I connected with her so much is because I felt like we were very similar. Just very hyper, outspoken, people person, uh, just really excited, <laughs> right? And a lot of people were expressing how they just felt uncomfortable. They felt that she was too much. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are very tempted to say, well, that's just how God created me. That's my personality. Take it or leave it. You know, like I have a right to act this way. And there's something to be said about that. But there's also something to be said about sacrificing, you know, aspects of yourself for the sake of spreading the gospel. Think about Jesus. He laid down absolutely everything 
for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of our sins. Mm-hmm. How, you know, can we possibly just maybe, like if you're around somebody, you're like, maybe I shouldn't be watching this movie with them or maybe I shouldn't be listening to this music around like around them because you're like hey I know they struggle with this one thing and I don't think this is helping them you know and just having that that self-control and that maturity to kind of just to stop to stop right there um and I like what you said about you know even with with yourself you know like if if you um I don't know if you struggle with stealing or whatever it is right and you're watching a tv show all about stealing Maybe you shouldn't be watching that, but it's okay for someone else to watch, you know? It's just kind of, yeah, it's, it's all personal discernment, I feel. Right. It really is. I think about, I have a, a pastor, a friend of mine. He used to be alcoholic. So when he goes out to dinner with people, if a dessert even has one small amount of alcohol, he won't eat it at all. So yeah. he has strict boundaries for himself. With me... I'll give a personal example. I used to watch a lot of dark drama shows growing up, mm-hmm. you know, such as Grey's Anatomy and Scandal and those kinds of shows. Mm-hmm. I used to like those shows a lot. But the reason I stopped watching those kinds of shows is because it really altered the way I viewed relationships. Yeah, for sure. It gave me more of a worldly understanding where, oh, wow, them participating, let's say, in sexual morality, it's like a hobby. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But no, that's not what we're called to do. Yeah. And that's one specific example, you know. And with Harry Potter, this is what I'll say. The reason I don't think Harry Potter is a big deal, because you asked my perspective, is because I think it's okay to watch things that are fantasy, like Harry Potter or anime, mm-hmm. once you have a grounded biblical understanding and you're not connecting that fantasy world to your own context of your lifestyle. So, yeah. Like, for instance, it's made up, you know, it's meant to be for entertainment. And also, I do think that it's not a bad thing because even though we're not basing our lives on it because fantasy, I do think stories like Harry Potter, the premise is love and friendship overcoming evil through redemptive sacrifice. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of the gospel. So Mm -hmm. in that sense, I think it's a positive thing to watch because it highlights a big part of our faith. Yeah. And with the whole argument that, oh, it's sorcery, and the Bible says that if you practice sorcery, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Well, when the Bible talks about sorcery in the biblical context, it's talking about sorcery being done through demonic connections. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Harry Potter is fantasy. You know, it's not Christians going against sorcerers. It's good sorcerers against bad sorcerers. Right. So magic in their context is just a tool for good and bad. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, when I think about even anime, I don't think it's right to say you should refrain from all anime because it's one big genre. Anime is Japanese art. Mm-hmm. There are so many different art forms that they're all different. And there are some where the certain things are more emphasized or negative, but mm-hmm. some like Yu-Gi-Oh are more pure in my opinion. Yeah. So I think that even as a parent, I don't think there's anything wrong with your kids watching things like Harry Potter and Yu-Gi-Oh. Once they're not being influenced by the wrong message. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, I do think a good message to speak on is the importance of love and friendship overcoming evil, everything to sacrifice. But not many times where Harry Potter and his friends would go through an ordeal and they wouldn't talk to their parental figure about it. And then they'd be, you know, successful. They win at the end of the day, but they didn't want to connect with their parental guardian. I don't think it's a good message (laughs) to pass on to children. 
So you, you have to pick and choose what you really take in, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, not trying to mix it too much with your biblical worldview. Which is why, for instance, I don't think watching Thor is a big deal because he is, yes, a pagan god, but I believe Jesus is the way of truth in life. I believe he's the only god. So I don't worship Thor. I don't believe that he's real. Mm-hmm. It's just something I watch for entertainment. Yeah. You know, especially after I've been, you know, having long days at the office. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, escapism is a very real thing, you know, and there are many forms of escapism. I think media escapism is probably the healthiest form, (laughs) one of the healthiest forms, you know, watching a movie, doing whatever. It's just, again, it's like that personal discernment. And I think, yeah, when you are at a place of spiritual maturity, you're just like, yeah, that doesn't really affect me, you know, like, like what you're saying about, you know, Thor being a pagan god. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, we know that's not the truth. And I that doesn't really affect my relationship with Jesus. So, like, I'm okay to watch it, you know. Um, but, yeah, maybe people will call me chill. Chill for, like, <laughs> like, chill spiritual, like, perspective on that. But, yeah, I think that's completely fine. Right, and again, it all deals with maturity, you know. Yeah. Like, there are certain shows I've stopped watching for a season, then went back to watching it for a season, then went back to not watching it for a season, just because even in my own personal life, I'm always trying to grow and, you know, okay, is this helping me grow? Is it not affecting me? Or is this kind of limiting my faith from growing? Because for me, entertainment's always been a big distraction. You know, mm-hmm. I was a communication major. Yeah. So I love movies. I love TV shows. I love videos. I used to take photography, too, in college and high school a little bit. So I love the media world. Yeah. But because of that, it can also be an area where sometimes I, I can be, you know, more weak to maybe influenced by things that can affect me negatively. So I've had to, you know, put guardrails in that area. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm saying all this to encourage you and I and those listening that this is all part of us going on a journey through maturity. Right. You know, once, we become, once you become a Christian, it doesn't mean all your sins go away. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. But our life is meant to be lived where we're always seeking to closer to God and honor Him in things we do. And making necessary changes if it's needed. And being able to recognize that. Yeah. But not beating ourselves up too when we make mistakes. Yeah, that's really important. Because we don't want to be legalistic. No. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive to be holy too. That's really good. Right, because there is kind of a misconception with holism. Is that even a word? Or being holy. Just being holy. <laughs> being holy. Yeah. So I read this book. It's called The Hole in Your Holiness. It's either called The Hole in Your Holiness or The Hole in Our Holiness. It was written by Kevin Dion. So the whole book is about being holy. Mm-hmm. And something he said in the book that I really like is that there's a misconception that when you try to be holy and pure, then you're a bigot or you're legalistic. Mm. And I think that's the wrong way to look at it because even though Christianity is a relationship, we do have standards we're meant to follow. And they're meant to honor God, but to also touch people around us. So if you're afraid from watching rated R movies, because watching rated R movies is a conviction you have, or maybe you don't want to watch a show where so many characters are sleeping around, maybe because Mm -hmm. you struggle with lust in your life. Yeah. I think that's appropriate. You know? Yeah. I think that's a sign of maturity. I think you're protecting yourself or you're protecting other people that may have some of those issues. Right. And I know that some of these things like alcoholism, sexual morality. I know these aren't always fun things to talk about. It might be uncomfortable, but I do think it's important. It is important. It really is. You don't solve things by sleeping out under the rug. Right. Exactly. 
Well, Sam, I'm going to say I've really have enjoyed our conversation. Is there any other two cents you want to leave with our audience before we conclude our conversation? Yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, media can be a really, really good thing. Um, I love it. It's, it's my passion. It's my career. Um, and it can be yours, too. Just be just be wise because the world is watching. Um, so that means that you have a lot of influence. Um, but if you fall, you fall hard, <laughs> usually. So just you know, have, have a good circle of friends around you. And if you ever have a question before posting something, you know, run it by them. Um, but, but I'm a, I'm a big supporter of, of social media and everything it can do. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for sharing with us your vision and your passion, your expertise. Yeah, of course. It was really just a pleasure to just connect with you and just talk about a very important topic. And thank you to those who are listening. And I hope to see you next time for another episode of the Missions and Mindsets podcast.